everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for 2022. Yep. It's kind of like I should do a song or something like that, but I'm not going to bother. All I'm going to say, it's kind of good to be back. Um, and maybe I'll just go away again. And this is just like a flyby kind of podcasting. Who knows? Who knows? It's been an interesting couple of years. Um, there's been a lot of things to be looking after. There's a lot of things to be running after. In some cases, there's been a lot of things to be chasing after. So I thought if I'm going to be talking about chasing, I might as well get the person who's the actual embodiment of chasing. I've got Chase Estep from Runnerman Games. And we're going to have a chat about a couple of things. But the main thing is we're going to chat about his good self. So how are you doing, Chase? Are you well? I'm I'm good. How are you? I am, um, yeah. It's it's June. It it's is been, June. It's it's been far too long. It's nice, it's nice and hot and sunny. Um first of all, where whereabouts are you in the in the world? So geographically speaking. Yeah, so I am in Oregon in the United States. So for us, mm-hmm. summer actually basically just started last week. It was raining all up right. until last week and then summer hit and then it was ninety-five. So, you know, we'll take it. <laughs> Is it like somebody changed the settings in SimCity? It was, yep. yep. And it, it was, was just like, like a button. It was like, what's this, <laughs> first day of summer? All right, perfect. Here's your first day of summer. There you go. <laughs> That's when you realize that you're living in some kind of um, simulation. Yep. Um, and I was joking with somebody the other day with everything that's going on. It's like somebody's got, you know how you, when you used to play SimCity and you used to get bored and you used to go into the disaster menu and just put all the disasters on at once. Yeah. And it's like, that's the, that's the kind of the current timeline that we're kind of living in. Right. I'm expecting I'm expecting Godzilla it's just like, to uh, kind of turn up, let's go turn with up the, at any second. Let's go with a clean slate. Let's just kind of clear this all off and start over. Yeah, yeah. And then start off with uh, a coal-burning um, power, power, power yep. plant again. <laughs> seems, yep. to be, seems to be kind of, kind of the way. Um we're not. We're kind of taking it. It's not an. It's kind of a, like a difficult tar, uh, way to do things on this because normally when people guest on the show, they are coming on to um, give me their pound of flesh, which is what they normally do, right. um, by telling me about their life story. But then they also kind of talk about the game that they potentially have coming to a crowdfunding source near you because obviously there's so many of them now. You know, you can just you can step outside and throw a stone, and you'll probably hit a crowd. Pl- funding platform there's they've right. just proliferated but you're on the opposite side of it because um during the pandemic you successfully crowdfunded your absolutely stunning looking um roll and dice manipulation game all about birds and cards mm-hmm. called bandada mm-hmm. and I thought it would be interesting rather than you coming on and saying how wonderful the game is because we know it's wonderful yeah <laughs> but some of the things that you faced um, as you're putting the Kickstarter out there with things like, mm-hmm. you know, logistics and everything, everything like that. Um, I guess the first thing is like, um, in terms of you kind of, I guess, kind of growing up and getting into the design kind of thing, what was your journey kind of getting into kind of game, yeah. actual game design itself? Yeah, the I guess the journey part is kind of boring to start with most people, you know, grew up playing a lot of family games like Sorry and Trouble and not so much mm-hmm. Monopoly, but um, yeah, just growing up, that was kind of my view of board games. So I didn't really get into them until just out of college, which is when I first right, okay. played like Ticket to Ride and stuff like that. And then realized, oh, there's a bigger hobby here of like actual interesting games that are have mm-hmm. stories and, and kind of do that kind of stuff. So 
I was going to say, what was it you did at college? Oh, so I studied marketing, which is what I work in now. Oh, um, wow. So maybe I did this backwards because I'm doing the interviews after the game is already published. Everything. So <laughs> maybe marketing say. isn't my strong suit. Um, I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say is don't 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 quick the day job. But yeah, it's like yeah, that that kind of is. Your, uh, maybe yeah, huh. day job. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, got into kind of the hobby side of board games, and with any hobby that I do, I tend to just jump mm. all in and and really get into it. So once I started collecting a bunch of games, playing a bunch of games, designing was just kind of there as the next thing to do. So you know, jump on board game geek, there's always contests going on there. And that's kind of what started yeah. this whole process of um, what was originally called flock and then Vendata. So have you have you got like, or did you have kind of like several games going mm-hmm. at once? And you then decided that flock or bandada as it became at the time was the one that was going to be this is the one i need to work on this is the one that's going to going to go there yeah so i had a couple designs beforehand um one's called asymmetry which is on board game geek but it's a it was made more for like a family project kind of thing so mm-hmm. it is very simple but you know i did a design for that had it printed through game crafter and gave some copies to friends and family so that was kind of a fun little project but for the contest, um, this was the only project that I had submitted to the contest. And luckily, it got a good enough response from that that it encouraged me to continue working on it once the contest once the contest was over. So, yeah. What, what contest was it? Oh, yeah. So this was the nine-card print-and-play challenge. So All right, okay. you only had nine cards, and I think it was something like 20 components that could be added to it. So that could be dice or pawns or, or something like that. But the nine cards were kind of the core of, of each design. Did, did you find that kind of being restricted by that, did that help with the design process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, 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 I see some people, they're kind of like, they design and they end up with like so much mm-hmm. stuff that you normally, the next conversation is, well, we had to trim everything back. We had to leave out these kind of mechanics. So with right. you side with that restriction, did you find it make it easier to kind of do the design side instead? Um, I do. I do. And I think part of that comes from my marketing background, which um, I forget the quote, but someone said, you know, your design isn't finished until you removed everything possible or something like Mm. that. And so I kind of believe the same thing with game design, where exactly what you're saying, people start with their big ideas and, oh, they want to have this and this and this and this in it. And then they have Mm -hmm. to start pairing that back until they can get to what makes the game good. But with mm-hmm. the design restriction, like nine cards, you don't have the luxury of throwing everything at it and then removing. You're kind of stuck like from the beginning. Yeah. Okay, I only have nine cards. So let's do the absolute most that I can with these nine. Did you find it then? Did you get to did you find you got to the point an awful lot easier where you're able to kind of step away from it and say, right, that's that's it. I don't really need to kind of touch this mm-hmm. or play around with this kind of anymore. Uh, yeah, for the contest part, especially, yes, because, you know, I had the cards design, I knew that I needed 12 dice. So that was like half of the components that I could use or something like that. And mm-hmm. so once you once I had those ready, I didn't want to add more information to the cards, because I would make it too complicated, or too difficult mm-hmm. to teach. And so, yeah, there came a point when it was like, this is basically the most that I can do with this, without making it unwieldy. Um, once the contest was over, I ended up adding some more cards to it, but because the core was done and designed around those nine cards, um, it was easy to just like add a few more bird cards or I wrote the solo scenarios, which I couldn't do with the, the design contest, but I think make it a really fun solo game. So I could do those kind of things once the contest was over. And did you base some of the changes that you had, was that based on some of the feedback that you received then? Yeah. As a designer, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you did you did you have any kind of epiphanies from people? They said, "Oh, maybe you should have three dice there," and you're like going, "Oh my goodness, you're so <laughs> right!" And I I hate you. <laughs> you're absolutely no. What uh, you're talking about. There were a few things with some of the card balances, which design philosophy. I don't think every card should be balanced because then you get kind of a boring game. But some people uh, pointed out that there were a few cards that scored way too many points compared to the other ones, and so. I had to kind of relook at those and do some uh, math predictions or, or probability kind of things and say, like, 
okay, yeah, these these would tend to score a lot more points than the other cards. So maybe you should fix those a little bit. Ah, that's what feedback's for. Exactly. You wouldn't believe the number of games that I have previewed over the time where it's kind of gone back and said, um, this game, uh, this game, but it's completely yeah. broken. Yep. And you kind of need to you kind of need to kind of fix it a little bit. Yeah. Did you were you able to then use as part of the comp? I take it as part of the contest. You're putting the kind of the game out there for mm-hmm. people to kind of print and play and have a have a play around with. Did that kind of help you get around um, kind of potential playtesting issues that you mm-hmm. might have had with getting people together? I mean, were you where were where was COVID when you mm-hmm. were kind of putting Bandada together? Really. Yeah, I forget the exact date, but I think that contest wrapped up around November 2019, so kind of right before mm. everything shut down. Right. So I, I did a little bit of playtesting online with that because the contest was kind of a short contest from when I entered it, I believe. So there yeah, wasn't a lot yeah. of playtesting during the contest, but I got a few people on like Tabletop Simulator to, to try it out, and I got uh-huh. my wife to try it out a little bit. But um, once it was over... Then when I was doing the additional development for it, yeah, uh, Tabletop Simulator was really helpful to be able to get it in front of people, play test a few times quickly, and then kind of implement those changes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you mentioned you mentioned adding more cards to the game mm-hmm. after the contest. So is 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 the, the final product, is that a completely almost different beast from what you started off in terms of the contest itself? Um, I would say the two-player game and the like solo versus the AI are basically the same, mm. almost exactly the yeah. same, actually. Um, right. But the yeah, the solo adventure, the campaign mode, is completely added onto it. And then how the rounds work, because there's more cards, you don't have to shuffle after, I believe it used to be after two rounds. Um, mm-hmm. But now you can go through three rounds and then, and then shuffle. Um, which was another piece of feedback that people kept giving me was, well, you need to add three more cards because then you won't have to shuffle for the last round. But that was a specific yeah. design decision. So I yeah. want people to know that was that was intentional. Um, <laughs> it's all the threads that you get in Board Game Geek now is why isn't there three cards yeah. so we, we don't have yeah. to shuffle in the last round. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, because I want, I want people to have the opportunity to see a bird a second time. So that's why it's there. Why birds? Uh, this is a great question that I get asked quite a bit, and I do like birds. Um, I just released the first promo pack for Bandata, actually, which has birds uh-huh. from the Pacific Northwest, so birds that you know I've seen in my backyard, which has been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like a huge fan of birds, and so the way that that came about was during the contest, um, I was looking at people submitting their designs, and they had this beautiful artwork, and they were professional graphic designers and everything just looked great. And I was like, well, if I'm going to have any chance at winning this, I need to find some kind of artwork that I can use. And I remember seeing on, I think it was the board game design lab, Facebook group, someone had posted like a link for public domain images that you could just search, search through and use. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find that. And I'm just going to look and see what's there and see what looks good. Um, because the the illustrations remind me of um, something that you would see in kind of some kind of Victorian mm-hmm. um, ornithological book. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the style of artwork really it kind of really appeals to me because it's it kind of it's got this kind of thing where it's um, it, a lot of it's obviously anatomically correct, mm-hmm. but there's also in some of the some of the illustrations there's this kind of uh, ye olde worldy kind of mm-hmm. exaggeration with some of the features on the birds, and you can imagine kind of flicking through a book in the library containing all of these illustrations. And I just um, I really like the the fact that I think there's been a little bit of blasé fare with the coloring mm-hmm, <laughs> as mm-hmm. well on the birds, maybe a little but bit. It, <laughs> Yeah, but it leads to kind of like um, kind of some really lovely, kind of stunning looking kind of art. I think somebody went, "Ah, should we have some? <laughs> should we have some orange and yellow there?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ooh, put yeah. some blue. Put some blue in there at the same time. Make the whole thing kind of look a kind of look look a rainbow. Um, <clears throat> so the game the game went through the contest, mm-hmm. and you got your feedback, mm-hmm. and the contest finished. Mm-hmm. 
So what makes you decide then to say, right, actually I could, I'm going to take this to the next level and see about kind of maybe actually making it become a kind of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you approach, did you pitch to any kind of publishers mm-hmm. kind of first of all, or were you pretty kind of, I'm just going to take this to Kickstarter and kind of see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after the contest, I did a little bit of tweaking to the the game, added those few cards and then left it on board game geek as a free print and play file. So anyone could go there. This is right when the pandemic was starting. So mm-hmm. I said, as and looking back, it's kind of funny, but I said, as long as the pandemic is here, because we thought it was just going to be for a few months, um, this yeah. will be a free print and play that people can download. <laughs> and it's still there. Yeah. It's still a free print and play that people can download with that original design and artwork. Um, yeah. But because of that, it got shared by a few people online and mm-hmm. people started downloading it, printing it, playing it with their families because that's all they could play with is, you know, themselves mm-hmm. with the solo mode or maybe with a spouse or maybe with a kid. So people were playing it and giving feedback saying like, oh, this is so great. It was really easy to, to play. I could teach anybody, but there was a surprising amount of strategy there. I really liked it. And it was 10 mm-hmm. minutes and, you know, it was fun. We played three games and it was, it was really cool to see like all the birds and stuff. So getting that feedback um, and seeing people actually enjoy it prompted me to start looking at well, maybe pitching it to people or maybe, you know, running it as a Kickstarter project or something like that. And so I did pitch it to a couple publishers through like open design days where they would say like, hey, we're calling for this kind of game. And I would pitch mm-hmm. it to them, but no one seemed interested after a couple. So I figured as with most things, I'll dive head in and I'll just uh, see if I can do it myself. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. You're like Thanos. I'll do yep. it myself. Yep. <laughs> Basically Fine. reaching for your glory. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that we're going to be dropping in kind of little Marvel, Marvel sound bites is that it appears that Chase is a little bit of a Marvel fan as am I. So uh, maybe, we're going to drop yeah. in random references. Hey, in you know what? We're going to pick up on. I could do this all day. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be with you till the end of the line. All right. Um, <laughs> um, so, did you, I mean one of one of the things? I mean, you can't avoid the kind of I guess the the swan in the room, which would be you know wingspan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, did anybody kind of go? Oh, it looks like a a card or a smaller mm-hmm. kind of cardy kind of version of wingspan. Did you get anybody kind of come back to you with that? Yeah, yeah, more than a few. Um, Surprisingly, not so much in the playtesting phase. A few people yeah. said like, oh, the artwork kind of reminds me of Wingspan or yeah, yeah. Wingspan's really popular right now. So it makes sense to, you know, to go with the bird theme. But mm-hmm. honestly, because of the way I found the the artwork for this, it was never really a factor of, oh, Wingspan's popular. So I'm going to design this. It was, yeah. I'm going to design this. And it kind of fell into looking like Wingspan. Um, but yeah, people so have it said, comes like, back oh, to this whole marketing thing again. Yeah. Like, you know, you should really be thinking about. I didn't do it for marketing, right? I did it because it was the only free. So literally, it, in effect, it might have actually potentially been about lizards, absolutely, or yep, or hippos, or yeah, or or small feet, or different types of mice, or teapots. Yep. I mean, just depending on the type of free art that was available absolutely. today. And not riding on the shark tails of a game that sold over a million units. Then. Right, right. If there was a book called <laughs> Teapots from Far Off Lands instead of Birds from Far Off Lands, it would have been a completely different game. I, You know, I'm not being funny here, but I think there's a possibility of a sequel to Bandada, um, yeah. which would, I think, Teapots, um, definitely. I think, and there's also a scoring opportunity between how long the tea bag stews in the pot right, and yeah. the type of tea that you have and how many people you've got to serve it for and it's a rolling dice game based around the band and mechanics let's yeah. design it after the show chase right. i mean it's already half designed in my head so i think we're ready i'm i'm the other halfway there right. you know i could do the i could do the illustrations i think we could do some lovely kind of um yeah, we could do some kind of uh, watercolor work, yep, like yep. you see on the Japanese kind of uh, 
pottery and stuff. It's there. The idea is there. Let's let's let's. We're just gonna have to. We're just gonna kind of have to make it happen kind of that way. Um. So teapot game aside, which we're gonna, <laughs> which we're gonna which we're gonna kind of come gonna kind of come back to. Um. Nobody knows what's happening with the pandemic. I mean, obviously through the the middle of it all, people are going right. This is just this just seems to be the gift that keeps on giving. It just seems to go mm-hmm. on and get on and on and on. Did you think? Well, I've got to. I'm just moving this forward. I'm now committed. And 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 was there any part of you that said actually let's hold off until we find out what's happening in the world, or were you just nah? It'll give me something to do. I'm not yeah. doing very much at the moment. I need yeah. something to focus my mind. It was it was kind of a strike while the iron's hot thing where mm-hmm. people had the print and play files. Um, they were enjoying it. The contest ended. Uh, when was that? Oh, I guess it was almost a year later. So yeah, it was February 2021, and I just decided like if it's not now, then it's probably not going to happen. So I have to kind of go for it now, and so that's why I ended up running the Kickstarter and in February of 21, because if I'd waited, I would have lost interest in it, maybe moved on to something else. And so I just kind of, I wanted to get it done before um, that Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And because you said, I mean, you put on, you you put on Kickstarter and um, I was surprised at Kickstarter at that time because I thought, right, okay, I wasn't sure what was happening. I was pretty sure. I didn't check on Kickstarter as much as possible. I think it was probably because, and one of the reasons that the podcast went on a little bit of a wee sleep was because there wasn't as many people putting things on Kickstarter, I don't Mm -hmm. think, at the time. or There wasn't people kind of um, approaching me to say, look, I want to talk about Kickstarter. The whole thing, kind of people were almost like in a kind of a hibernation. Mm -hmm. And yet here you come along and you put, um, you put Bandanda on Kickstarter and you set it up with like a $4,000 goal mm-hmm. and it went on to do four times that. Yeah, yeah, which was very now, surprising. <laughs> okay, so, and and you can answer this question as, as, you know, honestly or as marketingly as you want. Okay, so as, honestly, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm in marketing sales, Chase. You can't. Okay. You can't. You're, you're. You're in a safe space here. You can't lie to me. <laughs> was the four thousand goal? Was that the actual goal to mm-hmm. make everything, or was it a smaller goal to get people through the door to kind of get it no. funded? Or, right. No, that's another one of like my philosophies is if you're going to set a funding goal, it needs to be a deliverable funding goal. So yeah. that was the minimum quantity to order and i think actually the minimum goal was just to get it from the game crafter and then yeah send it to people and basically make no money from it um, yeah so that that's what the goal was and then once we got past that i didn't even have stretch goals to start the campaign i didn't think i would need them um so once we kind of blew past that in a few days um i <laughs> kind of scrambled and was like well what what can I do to make the game nicer, but not change the game? Cause I don't like stretch goals that change the game either. So that's why we got the marble dice and that's why we got the slightly larger yeah. cards and the magnetic box. Oh, and the um, graphic design from Dawson, which turned out very well. Um, oh no, I mean, it looks, yeah. I mean, it's kind of got a, it, it's got a little bit of a yieldy world kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Do you know yes. what I mean? I kind of love. I love the. I love the lettering, and I really, really like yeah. the art. I'm a big sucker for art. As people, anybody that's listened to the show will be yeah. kind of aware of. But were you at any point where you kind of sitting there going, "I kind of need a bigger boat because I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. not sure um, kind of what else I can do to kind of stretch this kind of even further, really." Yeah, and and near the end, it was like, well, if it, if this does get much bigger, you know. I was just planning on fulfilling it from my house. Am I going to have to try to find a fulfillment partner? Am I going to have to, Mm -hmm. you know, how many am I going to have to order? And so it stopped right at that threshold where I still had all the games delivered to my house. I packaged them all up myself with my wife and then labeled them all individually and sent them out. But um, yeah, it was like, it was right on that threshold where it was like almost too much to handle, but it ended up being okay. And now I still have, you know, 15 boxes in my office with, and data in them which is kind of cool that is kind of cool um 
one of the things that is going to come up and, and, and comes up again and again at the moment is you mentioned the fulfillment side of things and fulfilling from yourself. Did you get, did you get this printed in the States as well? So was this printed through the Game Crafter or did you go, did you actually get it printed in kind of China and then shipped over to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that higher funding goal, we were able to get them printed by uh, Gameland in China and then shipped mm -hmm. over um, mm -hmm. because the price was worked out better that way for us. Um, yeah. And how did it, because one of, I mean, yesterday, okay, as a quick aside, the pledge manager came out for um, Unsettled from Orange Nebula and the basically the thread started hitting the Facebook group for Orange Nebula, which was, I've just gone in to check my pledge and finish off my pledge, and I've noticed the shipping has gone up mm -hmm. by double, yeah. or my shipping was $21, it's now up to $75 yeah. kind of dollars. Were you hit with any of those prices, or, or by that time, did you manage to kind of just get get the games out before it had turned into the kind of the, the wonderful festival, right, right. right, as it is just now? Um, so I was very conservative with my cost projections. So luckily mm -hmm. on my end, shipping didn't end up costing that much more than I estimated it would. And mm -hmm. maybe somewhat beneficial being a first time Kickstarter runner. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to charge shipping after the, the, <laughs> the campaign was over. Right. So I just charged okay. it in the, in Kickstarter and then I couldn't charge people more. So yeah, that was kind of nice, I guess. Um, but no, because of those, um, I, I had a lot of that money for shipping. I ended up yeah. doing okay on that end. Um, okay. I lost a little bit we, with international shipping in some places, but for yeah. the most part, it wasn't too bad. You probably lost it sending it to me. Uh, <laughs> no, surprisingly, it was just a few countries, so it wasn't too right. bad. But Well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, with the current situation being as it is, are you kind of glad that you managed to get out when you did and you're not having to kind of stare down the barrel of the gun at the moment, which is kind of international shipping just now? Yeah. I mean, it was still bad when I got it. Like it sat in the port in Tacoma for about a month since wow. like, from when it was offloaded to when I actually got it. So there was still a lot of delays from that and like, you know, trying to work with all of that stuff by myself. Cause again, I was just doing everything myself for the first time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm glad it's over. I'm not sure that it's better or worse necessarily now, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over. So did it, I take it, did it wipe out potential kind of profit that you could have made that you could have put back into, to run a man games then? Um, the, the amount of profits we were going to get is pretty much like, small anyway and so yeah i mean i feel like i did a pretty good job with cost projections and so we kind of mm. hit all of those and and i made i made what i thought i was going to make from the kickstarter and then i still have games left over that i can sell and that'll kind of go into the next project if if there is one all right okay um so with i mean covid is no longer a thing well it is a kind of a thing <laughs> not recognized as a thing it is um, it is it is, and it? it's kind of like an invisible big marshmallow that floats about and then someday occasionally goes, oh, look, there's a really big marshmallow. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that just floats about. We kind of ignore it, though. Yeah. Um, are you going to, I mean, how are you going to look at selling the rest of the product that you have? Are you mm -hmm. going to be going to cons? Are you going to be like, have you set up an online store for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's the, the Run A Man Games website, runamangames.com, that has <clears> it on there. And then I have some like some of my favorite retailers in like the Portland area are, are carrying it because I like them and I wanted them to have it. So I asked them and they're like, yeah, we love supporting local designers. So we'll carry it in the store. Uh, beyond that, a couple stores, like one in Canada, one in kind of farther out in Oregon, have contacted mm -hmm. me directly and said, we want to sell oh. it. So, you know, they have copies now. But because it's such a small amount, I'm not doing a ton of uh outside retail sales and just yeah. kind of letting it trickle in as as people find it is there st the sales being kind of like steady from 
the mm-hmm. site then as people kind of pick it up and, and find it and stuff. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's funny. You can kind of see when someone talks about it online because there'll be a little bump in sales. And so I'll search yeah. around and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. The game table uh, posted an Instagram post about it today. So that's why we got a little bump in sales or uh, before you play posted a video and then we saw a bump in sales. So you kind of see when these little content gets posted and you kind of it's see like, little bumps. It's like marketing. Oh yeah, it is kind of like marketing. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> what is it? Okay, uh, so I mean, the games to the side. What what kind of marketing do you do? What are you involved in? Is it online stuff? Is it kind yeah. of project stuff? Is it project kind of stuff? Yeah. Or so I do. I do digital advertising. So oh wow, okay, yeah. like Google AdWords and yeah, Google like ads, that. Facebook ads, all that good stuff. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm in uh, I'm in e-commerce marketplaces myself. Okay, so yeah. I do uh, kind of Amazon and uh, eBay and. Uh, Things like that. I gotcha. deal with. Uh, I deal with uh, Jeff Bezos's crumbling mansion. Yes, yes. <laughs> as we can, as we kind of call it. So, um, so with the game sitting there, and I, I mean, I'm obviously joking about the marketing because I know how <laughs> it's just a. It's like a, people say, is it is it like witchcraft? It's like, well, it's kind of like that, but at least in witchcraft, you kind of eventually get some kind of result. Right. It's, you kind of know <laughs> what you're doing. To get, you can exactly. It, there's like there's a spell book in front of me, and I know if I cut this frog in half, you know, it's going to help me cure my acne, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but with digital marketing, it's like I, I don't know. I've used these keywords, and uh, last week everything was fine, and this week they changed the bloody algorithm. Exactly. And if I ever get if I ever get hold of the person that controls the algorithm, I'll have some stern words to say to them. Um, but now you're on the other side of it. You've got your games kind of sitting there, so. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to, is it given you, because you're not in the situation where you're like, I need to market this to get people to back it. You're on the other side of it, which is I now need to market this to kind of look at shifting kind of projects. So has it been, has it been like an own little kind of hobby marketing mm-hmm. uh, kind of situation where you've kind of like, you're able to dabble in different things and see kind of what works and what doesn't work almost like treat yourself as the kind of like the client kind of thing yeah yeah kind of yeah now that the games are here i did run a couple facebook ads just to see like how Mm -hmm. they would work and and what it's like to advertise a game compared to a university which is basically what i'm doing now so it's like it's a very different audience it's a very different message and you know they did okay but it it was interesting to see kind of how that process works on this end rather than being on just the manager side of things. Yeah, I use Facebook ads when they offer me free money. Yeah, that's the nicest time to, to do it. I don't, I don't, I generally not go out. I think when we first started the podcast kind of years and years ago, I spent kind of like a 10 pounds because this is what you do. You don't throw mm-hmm. like hundreds, hundreds and no. hundreds of dollars. You're, you're, you know, I'm an, I'm, I'm, I'm a tight-fisted idiot. So what I did is I threw like a 10, 10 pounds at and thinks, right, I'm going to take over the world with this 10 pounds of money. And obviously I got lots and lots of, I didn't, I got about, you know, 30 people visiting the, visiting the page and mm-hmm. nothing, yep. nothing podcast wise at all. Cause I'm just not kind of, kind of, kind of versed in that. But I mean, I see you've done, you've done TikTok stuff. Yeah. A and bit, yeah. a little bit of TikTok and um, lots of lots of pictures on Instagram. Are you mm-hmm. like are you like me? Kind of try that try TikTok to see what happens, or are you? Because I've I guess one of the ways I, one of the ways I saw you was kind of like I saw the kind of you playing like this. This is a quick playthrough of how Bandana mm-hmm. works. What do you think of it as a platform? Um, I like it as a platform, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. On on the personal side, I like it. It's the algorithm does a good job of you know showing me things that are interesting that I think are interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, when it came time to be kind of that content creator side of things with Bandata, I was like, yeah, let's try it out and see what happens. You know, maybe a video goes viral and I mm-hmm. sell them all out in two days. Like, you never know unless you try. So, and those videos did okay. They got you know. A good amount of views nothing too crazy but uh, it's always interesting just to kind of play around with things and see how they work i'm always wondering because you get some people that do like really informative videos on it mm-hmm. and they like get like 20 million views mm-hmm. 
And then there's also, look, I can make my dog sound like a squirrel. Mm-hmm. And, and like the next thing they get, thir- you know, they just like, there's so many people could just kind of watching that. Yeah. Anything that involves a dog talking like a human being always seems to do very, very well. And also that um, anything that has a soundtrack which involves a child talking seems mm-hmm. to do extremely well as well. I have no, I have no idea. I look at it, uh, like I look on, um, look on anything of technology and I, I occasionally, I occasionally kind of um, shudder a bit. I've tried it and uh, it just seems to be quite, I'll get around to it. I mean, three minutes, you can understand that I'm a person uh, that likes to talk. So three minutes to me is literally the shortest time ever to try and get a right, point across. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have failed on several occasions trying to do it. Um, what, in terms of going forward then, mm-hmm. two things, okay? Let's talk about the obvious thing, which is, do you want to tell us about the game and how you play it and what it is? Because I've just like, we've went, oh, it's 35 minutes in and we've not actually talked about what Bandad is. <laughs> if we'd be sitting there yeah, going, uh, yeah, he's talking about the game, but he's not actually said what it's about. I'll pass on that one. Uh, there's enough videos out there people can figure oh, out how to come play it. Oh, come on. 30 seg, 30 seg. Give me All your right. elevator pitch, Chase. Don't let me... Elevator pitch? That's, that sounds like marketing speak. I don't know what that is. Oh, um, come on. Okay, give me your escalator pitch. I don't okay. know. Give All me right. your, your golf pitch. I don't know. <laughs> Ten uh, pitch. Yeah, so so Bandata is a one-to-two player game about drafting birds and that mm-hmm. manipulate dice, and then those cards have scoring conditions on them that score you points at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. one card may be beneficial for you to manipulate the common pool of dice, but the scoring mm-hmm. might not be the best, or yes. vice versa. And the game is around balancing those actions and scoring to score the most points. And then there's two solo modes because I'm a big proponent of being able to play games solo. There's a solo versus an AI that takes five to 10 minutes very quick. And then there are, uh, I think 12 solo campaign story missions that kind of walk you through a story um, in the box. So, And you've got hidden objectives. And hidden objectives and bird seed tokens, which I'm currently reworking because, all honesty, I don't love how the bird seed tokens work. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's a bit of a shame. Because they're my favorite bit. I'm only no, I don't I, yeah. No, I'm only joking. I'm just pulling I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> um what's what's next? <laughs> what's next? Um what's as says Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, <laughs> you gotta yeah. press a button first. Um <laughs> what's what's next you know um i guess one of the questions is uh, uh, where'd you get the 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 name of the business from is it because you do a lot of running oh yeah yeah that, that's basically it so in, in high school i was a track and cross-country runner and i had a friend that wrote a comic about me and they called it run a man and i was run a man no. so i was like you know what i'm just going to use this i've used it since then as my gamer tag for anything basically on Twitch, really? I started streaming uh, run-throughs of Super Mario 64, and my my name there was Run-A-Man Games. So really? I already had the social media profile, so I said, let's just keep it going, and we'll have Run-A-Man Games. So, okay, why haven't you done a game about running then, Chase? Come on. Well, because if you think about it, that wouldn't be a very interesting game. <laughs> why? Well, of course it would be. Okay. Right well, leg, we about the leg, right leg left leg no it's not it's not it's a resource management stamina based game where you literally have a card and you've got an ability to move resources around the body in order to decide you've got to like obviously go between your your you've got three okay let's do this Mm -hmm. right three parts of the body you've got the mind part okay (laughs) you've got the main body part and you've got the legs part and what you can do is depending on where you are in the game you've got to move resources between the head the body and your legs right right depending on the game so at some point it's actually more of beneficial to have the the resources in your mind as opposed to having them in your legs because you'll reach kind of like pain barriers you'll understand this if you're doing long yeah you long just, running. You just put that out of your mind you should never allocate any resources to your mind as far as I'm oh concerned. well I, I, well, I mean, you're the you're the runner and the game designer, so you should know. But I'm just talking like you could have different types of running, and you could define what resources you put in different places. Welcome to Game Design 101. Um, there you so, go. so here's my question, Richard. 
Right. Okay. Your, when when is your game coming out? Because you've got at least two or three ideas now. I that I I know, but it's sitting down and getting them done. Basically, I mean that is that is yeah. where we. Are. I don't know. You know that's the thing because I have a lot of ideas and all these things kind of like take up a little bit of time, and then it's actually sitting down and kind of getting them done. And also, I have the dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog is here, and he takes up an awful lot of time, and he might actually be at the door just now, yeah. barking away because he wants my attention. So there's this that there has been games that like there was like the weather, the weather dogs game, uh, gods game. Um, there was kind of like the baking game. There has been like a dwarf game based around football, which I've just made up on the top of. But maybe <laughs> there is. A running game. Maybe there is a making tea game. You know, maybe there is trying to record a podcast while you've got an anxious dog in the background type game. Who knows? These are all possibilities. And I think the most obscure themes and settings for games make the most interesting games. So maybe we're onto something. We could be. We should we 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 do not know. In terms of when do you still keep up with the running then? Yeah, I went for a run yesterday. So not not competitively anymore. It's more just for, mm-hmm. for health. Is it just that do you, do you go kind of go because um, I found my dog walking has gone from kind of like 15 minutes to take him out to make sure he does his business to actually, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, depending mm-hmm. on how I'm feeling, just to kind of like clear the mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's honestly when I do a lot of my like game design thought process, I'll put a listen to board game barrage or, or something like that. And then as they're talking about games that I'm running, I'm just like going through ideas and mashing uh, mechanics together in my head. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of like the best time for me to think about those kind of things. Cause nothing else is really happening. I'm just in my zone running and, and thinking. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I'm walking, I'll listen to music but that's because I want to listen to music. But other times I will just not listen to anything at all. And I'll just walk about and appreciate. Sounds strange, but you appreciate the kind of like the surroundings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's very, very easy if you're just having a walk or if you're just having a run to actually go, actually, there's a really nice set of trees over there. Or that's a really nice little river. Or I really like the look of this building kind of thing. Or Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that classic car was kind of parked there. Or sometimes it's just a case of just mulling over your thoughts and kind of clearing out your kind of brain, which sounds like a weird thing. But I Mm -hmm. think you can be so switched on all the time right right. Um, and i get this problem where sometimes my brain has just got the fireworks going that occasionally i need something to come along with a bucket of water (laughs) and just pour it over the top and kind of like just put everything out and just you know and i find that kind of like doing the doing the walking Mm -hmm. because my wife will say to me oh you've been out for ages it's like well i didn't actually notice right before i realized i kind of i kind of i remember leaving the house I remember coming back into the house, but I don't really remember the kind of the part in between. Right. Going it, if you know what Which I mean. is, is, is nice sometimes. You just kind of lose yourself and mm-hmm. have some time to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, as I was saying, so game, game wise, I mean, you, you, you kind of left the statement hanging in the air that you may, it might be another game or there may not be another game. Mm-hmm. So are you, I mean, now with people kind of getting back to playing kind of on a face-to-face basis, Mm -hmm. are you deciding to kind of maybe kind of, I'm just going to go back to maybe the playing the games and enjoying the hobby again, Mm -hmm. because I miss that side of things, which a lot of people, or do you have a couple of other games that you would like to kind of get out there? Yeah, Um, definitely playing with you know, my, my old friend group in person has been a nice thing to get back to that we didn't have for a long time. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying kind of just to enjoy the hobby right now. Being uh-huh. being a designer, publisher, fulfillment warehouse is a lot of work. And it I, f- I was at the point where I kind of felt like if I jumped straight into another game, I would lose yeah. all passion for this hobby because it would just be a job at that point. Yeah. So taking a step back just playing some games and enjoying the hobby again is kind of the focus right now. I do have a few ideas that I'm mulling around, but nothing near a final state 
to be put on Kickstarter or, or even really play tested at this point. But, but yeah, if I do another game, it'll be something that I really want to play. Um, mm-hmm. Try trying not to do the, you know, oh well, I had a successful game, so now I have to put out a a game that everyone will like because I got to ride the wave of interest and make sure it hits these key demographics and you know it'll always just be stuff that I want to play. So yeah, I, d- I have I have seen that and I have seen people kind of it's uh, isn't it what they call the difficult second album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have that really good kind of bit of success and then the second um, the second thing that comes out. It just doesn't hit the kind of the mark. I think um, I'm trying to think. The guys that did um, uh, the company that did uh, Dwellings of Elderville, mm-hmm. I think they released. They had a they had obviously a massive campaign with that, and then their next game was a kind of a more abstract kind of color based game that I don't think kind of funded or funded as mm-hmm. well. Because I think they had the audience they were expecting to be moving big minis around a map and collecting right. resources. And instead they kind of got this abstract kind of adding colour to each other kind of games. And I think a lot of people kind of bounced off it. Yeah. Kind of pretty you know, kind of pretty quickly. Which is kind Makes of sense. which is yeah, I mean it, it happens. You know, I I'm always I mean, people always talk about, you know, one of the one of the worst things that ever happened to films was, you know, um the fact that Star Wars was a success for George Lucas because we never saw the other films that he could have possibly done, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, and I think sometimes it's like, say, somebody like, say, Isaac Childress, who's had obviously the big success with Gloomhaven and then Frosthaven. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to wonder if he hadn't had those successes, would we be getting kind of different games from him? Would he be designing at all? Kind of thing, which is always right, kind of right. like a, which is always kind of like an interesting. A kind of an interesting kind of thing or in terms of kind of like the bigger picture has life changed for you over the kind of the pandemic then i mean are you now i don't know if you're working from home before or are you now back in the office or, or did you go kind of hybrid are you now working at home more or you know right yeah we went remote for a little bit um i'm lucky enough to live two blocks from the campus that i work at so all right. Once we once we went back in into person, it was pretty easy to make that transition again because mm-hmm. you know I still walk home for lunch and I, you know, Ugh. it's it's a very easy commute for me. Um, so yeah, we're we're in the office now, but I have the flexibility to work from home if I need to or or want to. So that's okay. Is it is it actually kind of are you actually working in the digital marketing for a university? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, for them then. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, that must be interesting. Kind of got to it be is. kind of hip and cool and encourage people to kind of join the university and it at is, the same yeah. time make sure that you kind of look ac- academically proficient so people just don't say, yep. hey, they're wanting everybody to come along here and party. It's like, no, we're getting people to party and learn. Exactly. Same, You're going to party time. in a different country because it's study abroad <laughs> and that's a cool opportunity. Or, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fine line between, you know, these are high schoolers that we're advertising to, but also... This is yeah. a, an education for a university. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's got some weight behind it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is kind of um, kind of interesting as well. Um, lots of things going on in in America. Lots of things going on in the world. I think the pandemic has changed the world. Um, I don't think it'll be ever be the same. I'm personally kind of still mm-hmm. doing an awful lot of remote working. I'm going into the office tomorrow. Um, which is kind of one of these strange things because it was kind of like I was wanting to go back into the office and then petrol is now the price of liquid gold, yep. basically. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like, um, I'd like to come in, but um, I'd probably eventually need to get a mortgage um, in order to afford yeah. the kind of the drive into work the way that the, the price of uh, gas is going. But that is a, another another thing. Yep. Um, thank you very, very much for, for joining me. And yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate your time. If if people want to find you on the internet webs, where do you exist on the internet webs? So I'm at most places, you can either follow Run Man Games or you can follow me directly, Chase Eastep. That's usually the two places that I'm found, uh, the two names that I'm found at. Fantastic. Um, I'll make sure, obviously, that we put all of the links 
into the show notes so that we've got notes to show. Um, if you want to follow what we're up to, oh my goodness, and it's been so long, you probably are either bored of following me or have gone somewhere else that actually record podcasts like board game snobs um or spawn sporadically bored or even five games for doomsday and they're all wonderful podcasts um but they're not me and if you want to keep an eye on what i'm up to then you can find us on twitter you can find us on facebook we've got our facebook page but we've also got our facebook group which you're more than welcome to join there's about was it 120 odd of us um and it's a very lovely small kind of tight-knit group which is lovely um you can find us on instagram you can find us on we've got our website we've got our website where we write reviews um if you want to read what we've been writing you can go to we're not wizards.co.uk if you want to check the back catalog of podcasts you can go to we're not wizards.com if you like what you've heard this evening and you're like you know it's been an age since we heard this person talk and you want to maybe reward us getting his arse in gear and actually recording again, <laughs> then go to iTunes and <clears throat> give us a <clears throat> give us a rating or a review. I'm so not used to doing this that my actual throat clammed up with the thought of saying <laughs> this next sentence, which is, if you have enjoyed what you've listened to and you want to give us a rating or a review, go to iTunes. But remember, don't give me 10 stars because it'll make me big-headed, but don't give me one star because it will make me cry. And I don't need the emotional damage. Give us something in the middle, like five. Because it's average. And I'm just a little bit average. But the person who's not being average is the one rather wonderful, rather fantastic, the most wonderful pursuit. <laughs> it's Chase Estep. Thank, Thank you, you very, for very much. Me. No, you're very, very welcome. Um, there's only two more things to do. It's a goodbye from Chase. Say goodbye, Chase. Uh, goodbye. Have a good one. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Make something awful. And uh, check out Bandada. You can get it. It's a lovely... I've got the box here. Look, there's dice and everything. It's And it's lovely. And the artwork is fantastic. And it doesn't take that long to play. But until the next time... Caw-caw! <laughs>